Good day, gang. Welcome back to the BNF podcast. Hope you're all having a great day. Um, today, we're trying something new. We're using a new um, audio system. It might be different. It might be worse. It might be better. But whatever. It'll still be great. You get to listen to my beautiful voice, which I'm sure is the highlight of your day. But um, yeah, we'll hop straight into the ashes. I don't think we'll touch on much else today, but um, we'll start off with... The first test, Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyons test. Um, Australia obviously winning by two wickets, but I think what happened, we, what we saw in that test match was just exactly what when you say Ashes, that's what you think of. Like two Pat, Pat, Pat Cummins can hold a bat, but um, Nathan Lyon <laughs> to come out, he didn't contribute a heap to that to the um, to the partnership, um, but. I still think <laughs> it's the fact that he's able to go out there and um, still put on 16 and win the game for Australia is um, it's pretty incredible. Um, but Pat Cummins, the main man, obviously played um, really well in that last innings, but um, and the first innings for that matter. But we'll hop, we'll go into some stats. Obviously, the standout from England's first innings was Joe Root. Um, that's the first time we saw baseball really implemented in this Ashes series. Um, we saw it against Ireland, but I've been saying this for ages. Comparing Australia to Ireland is like comparing apples to oranges. They're nothing similar. But um shows that baseball kind of can hold up in against high-quality opponents. But, um yeah, so... Yeah. So, Joe Root, obviously, with 118... Um, ben Stokes, not Ben Stokes, Johnny Besto with a 78 going at one run a ball. And then the declaration from Ben Stokes, I thought in that first test was quite an interesting one. Um, I know it's, it, I certainly wouldn't be declaring at that stage. I'd be getting, especially with Joe Root um, not out on 118, you could, he could easily just go bang, bang, bang and get an extra 50 runs for you. But, um, yeah, interesting decision from Ben Stokes. In a way, it can't... Um, what is going to win or lose in the Test match, but didn't really matter. Australia were always going to win. Um, and then in the second innings, uh, Usman Khawaja with another... This... I think Usman Khawaja... Just think about this. Imagine if Usman Khawaja hadn't have played... Um, imagine if Travis Head... Hadn't have gotten sick for that Ashes Test match in Sydney. Imagine if he hadn't got COVID. Then we go. Then we. Usman Khawaja probably never plays again, and we probably don't have an opening batsman for this. Um, for the Ashes or forever, we'd probably still be playing with Joe Burns or Marcus Harris. And um, yeah, I think he's done so well to come from not being in the team to being probably one of the most informed batters in the world. Um, big rats for him. But then we'll, we'll talk about Marnus for a minute. Marnus is my favourite cricketer of all time. Love him. Um, he he just is going through... Obviously, you can't be good your whole time, your, your whole life. But um, he's... And no, it's not by any means... I'm not by any means saying it's easy to bat over there. It's hard. But he's still... He remains the number one ranked test batsman in the world. And... Yeah, and he just doesn't. I figured out the problem is he's got no idea where his 
off Stumpy, so he's playing ball she, he really shouldn't be and getting caught behind the wicket. Um, yeah, but I think it's, he'll be back as soon as he just gets stuck in his head that he's off stump is where it is. Um, but yeah, it was another thing interesting from that from that innings, Australia's first innings in the first test match was we saw um, Harry Brook come out and bowl a few. Um, he was um, <laughs> I think I don't know what um, Baz is thinking or Ben Stokes is thinking bowling Harry Brook, but um, yeah. Good on Harry Brook, got three overs in for five, Going had the lowest economy of any of the Englishmen. Good on him. Um, in England's second innings, though, again, Joe Root just went, I think on the, fir- in the, f- on the first ball of that day, he tried the reverse, um, like reverse ramp thing. That was just like, <sighs> mate, you can't, you've got, like, he's got right to do it. He's an incredible batsman, but, whoa, that's a big, that's, Matt's big tone setter for the rest of the test match, but um, they just didn't really make enough that innings. But yeah, Nathan Lyon again that he took eight wickets in that match, so he was also another standout. Then, of course, we've already touched on it, but the last innings, Pat Cummins and Gary Lyon coming in at the end, saving the day for Australia. Um, yeah, it's just you think Ashes, you think things like that. So it was really great to see. Um. We'll go to the most recent test match, the one gone. Um, I know you probably want me to talk about the catch and the stumping, but I'll make you wait for that. Um, but we'll start off with um, David Warner. David Warner, he looked back in that first innings. He um, he looked to be, I didn't see him get out because it was too late, but I, um, he looked really, really good. Um, yeah, I thought he was playing probably the most free-throwing I'd seen him and he was sort of he was in control of his game more than I'd seen him in a long time, probably since Boxing Day, or I think he started pretty well in the World Test Championship final. But um, yeah, and then we Usman got out on the last ball of the first session to Josh Tung on a that was a beautiful ball. You just some balls you just got to sit back and accept they're unplayable. And that's, that's what it, it is. What it is. Um, in England's first innings, Ben Duckett, who's having a blinder series, by the way. He um, got 98, just just short of 100. I don't believe he's ever got a... Um, oh, no, he's got two. He's got 200s in um, Test Match Cricket. But, um, yeah. Um, Ollie Pope, obviously, he is um, England vice-captain. Uh, he's, he's, he's injured and out for the rest of the season, which is a bit of a problem for um, England because he's a pretty... Pretty handy number three, but um, yeah. Then we'll in Australia's um, second innings again. I think we we just we just made enough runs. There was a period of time where I'm just like, oh, what are we doing? Like I check the scores and I see um, the Trav- everyone from Travis Head to Alex Carey's got out. I'm just like, oh God, we can't. Like they've got they've got match winning winners like. Ben Stokes, like Joe Root, like all these people who could easily pull this off. And I'm just like, what are we doing? And uh, But it turned out okay. And then in the um, their last innings, Ben Duckett, who looked practically immovable in that second innings. He, I thought he was batting really, really well. Um, 
again, just fell short of another 117 runs this time. He, yeah, I thought he played really well, but couldn't quite get there again. It was a sublime catch by Alex Kerr. I don't think, I don't think that's what you train for. He kind of just half-heartedly put his um, paw up and was just like, oh, well, if it goes in. But I don't know, maybe, maybe he does train for that, but it was a bloody good catch. Um, yeah, pretty disappointing from their middle order. But then Ben Stokes came in and just, whoa, you can't. <laughs> that was, um, I didn't watch, I, I watched some of his innings. I watched they got to about 50. Um, a bit past that. I went to bed at lunch. He, um, if he, with, while he was out there, I can imagine that you would think he could, he, England was still in the test match. He, he's the kind of player who could easily come in and completely change the game. He's a remarkable player. Would go down to one of the greatest ever, and I think something that would have helped him in that situation was um, Test match in two thousand and nineteen, where England were down and out, and I think they needed one more wicket. And Nathan Lyon fumbled, and there was a shocking LBW decision by the umpire, which should have been out. But Australia had already used up their reviews on a um, nothing appeal, which was starting outside leg and going down it was. Absolute chaos, but then he um, brought them home then, and you can't. You thought history was going to repeat itself today, but luckily enough for our Aussies, it didn't. Um, then we'll, we'll talk about the Johnny Bairstow incident. Um, there's no really other way of putting it except that it was out, and it's like uh, the way I sort of think of it was it's. Not really any, apart from that it was on the last ball of the over and it's never really happened before, except Johnny Bairstow tried it in the same test match. But um, it's kind of like saying if um, Travis Head came on to Boston part-time office and Johnny Bairstow charged him and got stumped saying, no, nah, I thought it was the end of the over. I'm walking to the end of the pitch, done. I'm not, I'm not out. But, um, yeah, I thought it was quite ridiculous all the all the carry-on that's been going on and the MCC members getting kicked out. That was, It's just its just not really um, good enough, isn't it? And the worst part is that the English are saying that it's a gentleman's game and the spirit of the game and all that. I think if you're still playing in, within the general spirit of the game, like cricket's far from a gentleman's game every, anymore. It's cutthroat, like... Just tough luck, Johnny. You were out, and the swings both ways, right? Um, ben Duckett getting caught by Mitchell Stark, and the umpire saying he didn't have the ball and the momentum and whatever. We didn't really like it was out. We said it was out, but it was controversial. But we didn't really complain too much about it. But and now here they are compl- complaining about something that's out and that they've tried before. It's just not really what I. I, I it's not that acceptable to me. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely... And then Stuart Broad coming out saying, oh, that's what you'll be remembered for. And then you go back and look at what's... Stuart Broad, aren't you the one who nicked off blatantly and got caught at first slip and didn't walk? Is that is that you? I think I think that was him. So, um, yeah, I, it's just... <laughs> I feel like it's just hypocritical from them, but... Yeah, whatever, I guess. Yeah, we won, they lost. Too bad. Um, but we'll move on to this test match. Um, obviously, some of the the teams aren't out yet, but um, 
the, the biggest out, which we were already talking about, is Ollie Pope and um, Nathan Lyon. You'd think that surely the automatic in is Todd Murphy, but, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes things are just too simple for maybe. My ideal um, 11 would be everything stays the same except Green comes out for Marsh, um, Hazelwood comes out for Boland, and Nathan Lyon automatically comes out for Todd Murphy. But um, it's not my team, and I'm sure whatever the team is will probably beat England by an innings and 100 runs. So, yeah. Um, but as well, Steve Smith's um, 100th game, 100th test match, He's just a he's just a machine. The um, he's someone who he changes technique in the middle of a test match. This no one else can do that, and he's really just been he's just been incredible. The way he, he's so consistent, and I feel like every test match, like if we've if we've if you know if. Davey's gone out cheaply and Usman, and Usman's out and it's just Miles and Steve Smith. You're like, oh, Usman just coming out. We'll be good. He's just, he's incredible with the consistency and yeah, and his just love for the game. You can't if you want to be the best at what you do, look at Steve Smith. He's been incredible. But um, yeah, that's probably all I can really say about the cricket. Um, I hope you enjoyed that special. It's gone for 13 minutes. Um, we'll quickly touch on the footy. Um, I know last time I spoke probably a bit too passionately about Carlton, but there are things that had to be said, and I said them. Um, but since then, we've kind of turned it around. I guess we did only beat Gold Coast and Hawthorne, but if we play, I, f- I feel like if we play that way against other teams, we're guaranteed more wins and we're guaranteed success. Because I understand this year's a bit beyond us now, but um, yeah. And I'd also like to take back what I said about Michael Voss, how he needs to get sacked. Um, I think I think I recorded that on a Sunday. The next day at school, um, someone said something. And I was like, about how, I think on the way to school, Dad told me about, um, Mike, about how I wouldn't remember, but Damien Hardwick, um, when that time, which Richmond were about to sack him. And they've stuck with them, and they've had some of the greatest success in ever. And um, I think just you can't have another coach. I just think stick to what you stick to what you know. And um, yeah, I was wrong about Michael having to get Michael Voss sacked. I think he um, is nothing else but extraordinary in whatever game plan they've got going now. It's going to work. But um, yeah, I th- think. Um, yeah, I apologise to Michael Voss. I don't take back what I said about Jack Inneran, though. He's still probably my favourite player. Um, he's. I understand there's a fair bit of controversy around him at the moment. Uh, the protest that um, about his treatment, I was. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I, um, I agree. I wanted to get back in the AFL, but um, he's. I think he's there, but not getting picked, and I don't know. I don't think that's the fans' problem. I think they're consistently playing winning, winning footy. Just, just I wouldn't complain. Um, if I was in a position where I could, um, where I couldn't play Jack Inman because I got Bobby Hill playing, I would be. Wouldn't make that decision. Jack Inman is probably the best in the AFL. To be real, but um, 
yeah, uh, they're in a pretty good spot. I don't think they need to be complaining about the way Jack Inman's going. He's had it pretty tough, and I think he's about to come good. He's had his good times, his bad times, and he'll he'll be back. But um, we'll just talk about some results and fixtures to look up to look forward to. But I'm recording this on a um, Monday, Tuesday. Who plays footy tonight? Oh, it's a Thursday. Um, uh, Richmond and Sydney playing tonight. I think Sydney, simple as if Sydney lose, they're done. Can't make finals. Richmond, lose, Richmond, they're done anyway. Um, yeah, I think it's a must-win game for Sydney. The, the must-win game was against Geelong, but didn't win that. Um, so, yeah, they're, I think Sydney and both those teams are in serious strife, and this game will be a real tester for both of them. Um, at the MCG. Uh, then tomorrow night we've got a game that's surprisingly sold out between the Western Bulldogs and the Pies. Um, <laughs> see, I, I don't really know since when a Bulldogs versus Collingwood game at Marvel Stadium gets sold out. No, I suppose this season Collingwood fans are ma- managing to sell out everything. But, um, yeah, that surprised me, especially a Bulldogs home game. Um then we'll move on to the Saturday games. I think oh, I'll give you my verdict on that one. If you, um, Collingwood smash Bulldogs by 60 points. And, yeah. Um, but then we'll go to the Lions versus the West Coast Eagles at the Gabba. Um, Brisbane put up a really... Not Brisbane. The um, West Coast put up a... Really good fight there in front for most of the game, but a mammoth comeback from the Saints just got them over the line. But yeah, Brisbane at the Gabba. I can't see this going anywhere else but another hundred point clomping. Um, yeah, I don't know. With West Coast, you just got to stick true to. I know people want Adam Simpson out, but I'm to the opposite. He's brought your club to so much success. You got to stick to stick true to him. He'll get you through this. If there's anyone I'd want in that position, it would be. Um, a David Teague, no, that's a joke. I would want um, I'd probably want Adam Simpson or Craig McRae. So he'll get you through it. Just just watch, just watch him. Um, GWS versus Hawthorne. GWS, if I'm pretty, sure, I'm relatively GWG if GWS win, they will go into the top eight. They'll equal in the top eight. They'll go. So I think they'll go ninth. Or they'll go. They'll go into the top eight. But um, yeah, I think GWS have been <laughs> sitting here thinking that GWS are better than Carlton. <laughs> oh. Um, GWS have probably been one of the most surprising teams for me, for me this year. But um, yeah, they've been really. They've just yeah been surprising. That didn't start off too hot, but they're they're coming good at the right time now. St Kilda versus Melbourne, fifth versus fourth at Marvel. Melbourne, like the closest, the last thing I remember was um, about Melbourne playing at Marvel was the 2022 preseason game when we beat them by one point, and we thought we were going to win the flag, but we didn't even make the eight. But um, yeah, I, th- I can't remember the last time Melbourne played at Marvel, but that's going to be a real telling one as well. Um, Saint, pretty big win of that goes into the. For depending on the West Coast game, the winner of that should go into. Or depending on the Bulldogs game, winner of that should go into the top four. So yeah, it'll be that's. We'll just watch this space. Uh, Port versus Gold Coast. Um, again, Port. Uh, they'll 
port in nuts at Adelaide Oval Portal, smash Gold Coast out of the water. Um, yeah, and it'll end up, yeah. So at the end of this round, Collingwood and Port Adelaide will remain tied for first place, um, except on percentage. Geelong versus North Melbourne at GMHBA. If North Melbourne win that, then you can put a fork in Geelong's season. They are they haven't been anything near as good as they have been. I understand with two of their best players, two of the best players in the AFL out, it's always going to be much harder. But they've still got a superstar team who won the premiership last year, and they're not even in the eight. It's um, been quite disappointing, in my opinion. Um, Essendon versus Adelaide. Whoever wins solidifies himself in the top eight. That's um, again a massive game. Uh, yeah, I cannot root for Essendon, and I will not root for Essendon. Um, um, yeah, so go Crows. Um, then we'll, we'll move on to the biggest game of the round, 440 Twilight at Optus, Frio versus Carlton. Um, 11th versus 14th, Carlton are two points behind them. If we win, we jump up to around 9th, so 9th, 10th, depending on the other results. So it's a massive, massive, massive game for us. It's a must win. Um, yeah, I... I speak too much about Carlton, so yeah. Um, go Blues. I think that's probably about it for this episode. Um, thank you for tuning in. It's been great. I've had a ball as always. Uh, oh, dropped, dropped my little microphone. Um, but yeah, so I've had, it's been great. Um, sorry about the recording. I only I only dropped this microphone once. It's um. I, I was surprised about that. I thought you'd been hearing a heap of. But no, I only dropped it once. But thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the BNF podcast. Um, I hope you have a great, well, it's Tuesday now. We'll listen to that. I hope you have a great life. Have a great week, great day, great month, great year. Best wishes. Again, thanks for tuning in. Um, I mean, it means a lot. Yeah, so have a great year, great life. Thank you.